I'm scared. Scared and nervous. <laughs> a great Mariah song, the one on Charm Bracelet, should have been the second single, but it was Boy I Need You. Ah, uh, what everyone's thinking I, right now. <laughs> I feel like now we are 21 years post-Charm Bracelet almost, and we need to discuss the single choices. Let's discuss it. That's, that's what this podcast <laughs> is going to be about, guys. The yes. Single choices of Charm Bracelet. <laughs> exactly. Hunker I, down. It's t- finally time. I feel like enough time has passed that we can all get on the same page. Justice for You Got Me, the one. Clown. Clown. Yes. I only wanted... Guys, don't worry. This is not what the podcast is going to be. I could just see a bunch of people being like, I'm not listening to that. Turning it off. Hey, this is an interesting listen for people. Some people don't want to hear it. I don't. Who wouldn't want to talk about charm bracelet? One word charm bracelet. One word charm bracelet. Classic time. Classic time. We were all having a good time, except for Mariah. I know. But Through the Rain was great. Oh, I mean, it's a classic. Peaked at 81. Peaked. ah, That's. I know. It deserved more. Justice for charm bracelet. You know what? (laughs) Let's make this a Charm Bracelet podcast. Yes. Welcome to Charm Bracelets. The podcast. The podcast. (laughs) Hey, guys. While we're on a quick break, I want to tell you about Movie Palette. Movie Palette creates really, really cool canvas art out of your favorite movies. And what it is, is it takes uh, each individual frame of whatever movie you choose. The Sound of Music, LA Confidential, West Side Story, and their team of artists picks the dominant color of each individual frame, lines them all up in the timeline of the movie, and wham, you have a gorgeous canvas that represents the scope of your favorite movies. And I love my movie palette. I actually got a movie palette made of my movie, Devos, and it's a really great gift if you want to give someone something personal, you know, because everyone has a favorite movie or a movie that means something huge to them. And obviously, Devos means a lot to me. So to see it all condensed in one really cool piece of wall art is amazing. I love picking out each individual scene being like, oh, that's this scene. That's this scene. And so... It's a really, really, really great gift. It goes with any wall decor. And so if you guys want a discount code, you can go to www.moviepalette.com, type in the code MATS15, so our names, MATS, plural, 15, all capital letters, no space between MATS and 15, and you can get 15% off of your purchase. So check out moviepalette.com. They got a lot of amazing choices, and you can even uh, pick your own movie if you have the file for it and send it to them. They will get it made like they did with Devos. So go check it out. The discount code is MATS15. Can't wait to see your beautiful wall art. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Two Gay Mats podcast. It's Matt Steele. It's Matt Palmer. And it's been another week and an eventful week for Two Gay Mats. Yes. I mean, not eventful in terms of like us being busy, but no. eventful in just us refreshing our feeds, <laughs> seeing how many people are watching that Miley Cyrus short. Not even the full video. Yes. Just the short. So if you have not been on YouTube in a while, we uploaded a reaction to Miley Cyrus's new music video for Flowers. And then I uploaded a short version onto TikTok and then onto YouTube. And the people have found it. So I appreciate if you watched the short or watched our TikTok and this is your first time hearing the podcast, welcome. We put out a podcast that's pop culture based every Monday. You can find it on your favorite podcatcher and we're so happy to have you. We are thrilled to have you. Matt Palmer, Yes. how was your week? Tell me everything. My week was good. It was lovely. I was... um, had a great week. It was my anniversary with Jackson on Thursday, which was nice. Look at you. Um, you look so in love. I'm still in ve- very much in love. And we celebrated on Friday, mostly. And we went to um, a bar close by. We did a day off of our dry January, which we'd been doing. Oh. And uh, we went to a bar that is supposedly one of the best bars in all of the world or something. The name of which escapes me. So I apologize. I can't tell you what it is. But sure. it was very good. And we had nice happy hour drinks. And then we went to uh, the Cara Hotel, uh, which was kind of in. It's like in the area. It's like an eight minute drive from here. And uh, it was like we got seated by like a pool, which was nice. Everything was very white. It was like it felt like we were in Miami. And I've been watching a lot of Real Housewives of Miami. So it's kind of in keeping in that theme. You know? I thought Real Housewives of Miami was done. And they brought it back for, on Peacock. Congratulations. Yes, to all the people in Miami and on the show and to me for, you know, having an anniversary. Look so. at that. <laughs> and then I'm trying to think of what else. Oh, Saturday, I went to the theater. I went to the Pantages. And we'll be discussing what I saw later on in the podcast okay. and then today I did my laundry and uh, prepared for the lovely podcast recording that we're doing right now that sounds thrilling how about you how was your week uh, my week was good I had a work day from hell today it what was just happened ins- oh it was just so insanely busy everyone wanted to watch football oh. I was it was just so busy and I was just yelling at all my coworkers. Oh. it was fun Okay. I, 
whatever. <laughs> I, I survived. I made it through the rain, as Mariah told us on Charm Bracelet, as yes. you heard before. Justice for. Justice for. <laughs> um, so update. I went to update on my ganglion cyst. I went no. to I went to the doctor on Wednesday, uh, and so he just looked at it and was like, "Yes, I will refer you to an orthopedic specialist or whatever to a make sure it's a ganglion cyst and b have it taken care of." And so I was like, "Oh, so I just came here just to." Have you refer something? How am I going to get my $30, $35 co-pays worth of this? So uh-huh. I was like, well, you know, I also have a little bit of eczema on the corner of my eye. Because oh. you know, I've had that red splotch on my eye for a little bit. I've seen it. Yeah, it's a little bit of eczema. And so he's like, let me give you a cream for that. And I was like, thank you. So I got a lot taken care of this week. Great. I also saw our good friend Matt Bridges <gasps> on oh, Wednesday. Oh, Matt Bridges. How is he? He's good. He recently moved up to San Mateo. He's one of my best friends who recently moved away about a year ago. And so, so rude. Rudely moved away. <laughs> very rudely is very devastating. And so I got to hang out with him for a while. Um, and uh, yeah, that's about it. Just looking, refreshing those Miley Cyrus numbers. <laughs> I and, know. Uh, Who, I mean, I guess her album's going to be big. It's, I, supposedly the song by this time tomorrow could have debuted at the Hot 100 at number one, Flowers. Okay. Which is like wild because, you know, Plastic Hearts was amazing, but didn't do as well as I thought it should have. I think Midnight Sky either debuted or peaked at number four. Okay. That whole album just deserved a longer it's great. era. That's a great record that I feel like the public did not appreciate enough. I hope that people, when they, in their discovering of flowers, they discover Plastic Hearts yes. and everything will be okay. There's going to be a justice for uh, Plastic <laughs> Hearts like 10 years from now. Hey, it's going to be beautiful. We, that might be a video we'll make in 10 years. Why not? We'll make a short of it. It'll get 2 million views. <laughs> Are you ready to jump into the news for idiots? All right, let's go. So Beyonce performed for the first time in a very long time. This was in Dubai. And she was there for the opening of uh, the Royal Atlantis in Dubai. And she had a very strict no video, no telephone uh, policy. But of course... People broke it. <laughs> and so there was a lot of recordings, a lot of video of her performances up online. You can Which, find. First of all, how dare you break Beyonce's rules? I know. Like, Beyonce... how, who do you think you are? Thank you for existing. But who do you think the audacity? If she were to look at me and see me with my cell phone, she I would probably turn to stone. <laughs> I mean, Beyonce doesn't make a lot of rules, and the rules that she makes, I would like to follow them. But I am a pre- the thing is, I'm I'm still appreciative of the fact that they did it because I do want to see. Like she got up there and performed "Brown Skin Girl" with Blue Ivy. That's great, unbelievable. That's uh, the set list included no songs from Renaissance, which you know Dubai's not so gay friendly. I can see why we're leaving out some of those um, songs. Uh, but it opened with that last EXO, "Flaws and All," Ave Maria. Hey. That's not a song I thought we'd be performing again. She wanted to show off the vocals. I mean, yes, but she, she I Care was coming up. But like Beautiful Liar, I think, is a random addition to this. Um, other side she did from Lincoln Gift. I don't know. Oh, I just I felt like. Song. So she wanted this to be a very like adult contemporary like vocal moment. And it was to be ballad heavy because supposedly she's been suffering. Her foot has had surgery. I don't know if she has sprained it and hurt it in some way. But the word on the street is that she's recovering from foot surgery. So she wasn't really dancing like I'm sure she will be dancing on the Renaissance here when it happens. I didn't know this, but new thing I discovered that me and Beyonce have in common has had foot surgeries. <laughs> I forgot you had a foot surgery. Two foot surgeries. What was that about? I had bunions removed in summer of 2008. Uh, this is in between a college year? Yeah, in you between went. sophomore year and... Ju- oh, I'm revealing my age. <laughs> um, it was, I, was in, uh, I was in elementary school. I was in elementary school. Okay, well, that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Well, speaking of Miley, who made a diss track about Liam Hemsworth, uh, Miss Shakira has also released a diss track in Spanish about PK, that, uh, you know, football soccer player man um, and it was a collaboration with BZRP who is a producer who I believe is Argentinian who basically like works with all these random artists not random but like artists on the internet and puts up a YouTube video of like this is the song we created together it's the song is literally just called like BZRP session number XYZ I don't even remember what it was and I, I people had been telling us and leaving comments on that Miley video like oh you've got to listen to this Shakira song it is similarly dragging the X even though it's in Spanish I think you'll love it it's so fucking good. Really? It I is, haven't listened to it yet. You've got to listen to it. She is dragging them for filth. She says, like, um, you know, I'm worth two 22-year-olds because she's 44. And she's like, you traded in, like, a Rolex for a Casio. And uh, the girl's name is Clara. And they're in the pre-chorus, she's always just like, she says something and ending the phrase with clearly in English or in Spanish is Clara Mente. And so she's like, Clara 
Mente. And it's like, oh, Shakira's. I love that. It's very like, oh, so you're just going to tell us how you really feel, Shakira. It's just, it, the energy is great. The melody is great. I cannot recommend that song enough. Does so. she uh, bring up the jam, the strawberry jam? Yeah, well, I don't think the jam comes up, but that also came out on the internet today, is that she deduced that PK was cheating because he does not eat any strawberry jam, and someone had eaten her jam. Her jam. Which is like, what a root. Like, bitch, if you're in my house, Cheating with my husband, and you are eating my food don't as eat well. My don't Absolutely. eat my food. Oh my like, god! If I was having an affair with a married man, there will be. I would wear gloves. I would <laughs> like. I, there would be no trace of me ever. Never. I would be so stealthy. Not that I ever would do that, but if I were to. It's just very brazen for yes. an, someone who is, you know, sleeping with a married person, and you know. Obviously, she is not the one who took the vows with Shakira. So there's an argument that PK is the true villain, which he is. Of course. But there's a hierarchy of like, who is the most wrong? Yes. And it's (laughs) the husband. But don't eat her jam. Don't eat the jam. (laughs) Don't eat the jam. I don't think that's so much to ask. You know, as the greatest artist of all time, Carol Channing once said, never jam today. You always say that and they never, it makes no sense to me. I don't even know what that means. Someone in the, in uh, who's a patron, uh, request that, request it. You don't need to request it. But um, the diss track has 130 million views in five days. It has become like a giant hit on Spotify. So I love that both these ladies are dragging their exes and turning, you know, lemons into lemonade like Beyonce taught us to do in 2016. So congratulations on the big hit, Miss Shakira. I hope Shakira gets all the jam she wants. I'm sure she will. I'm sure she will. Her fridge that she owns on her own is going to be filled with jam. (laughs) Filled with jam. Uh, Did you see that Meryl Streep is joining Only Murders in the Building for season three? I'm thrilled that Meryl Streep is getting work. (laughs) Has she ever? Oh, I was going to ask if she'd been a regular on a TV show before, but she was on Big Little Lies season two. Yeah, she does. She does like sort of like specialty. She does like a good like mini series. Right. A Big Little Lies is kind of a mini series. Mm, It was supposed to be a mini series. But then they got Meryl and like, well, right, we'll write something. It's now it's now a regular series. Um, You you know, this has been a very hard time for Meryl. Come Tuesday, it will officially be the longest stretch of time that she has never received an Oscar nomination. Which was how long? It's going to be five Oscars. Oscar seasons that she has not gotten a nomination and so she's having a hard time I'm glad she's with some men who can cheer her some funny men who can cheer her and up Selena Gomez. and Selena Gomez and Selena Gomez well she can j- jam out with Selena Gomez maybe Selena's like having Meryl listen to some new music that would be great that would be fun but yeah so come to unless she surprisingly gets nominated for something on Tuesday which would be a huge shocker but I wouldn't put it past the Academy to, to do it um <laughs> It, it'll be her longest stretch of time without I mean, a nomination I'm not, since 1976. I'm not worried about Meryl Streep. I think or 77. Se- it eight, doesn't matter. Sorry. Okay. I'm okay. not worried about her. I think she's going to be fine. I'm happy for all her nominations, all her wins. I think she's going to be okay. And I can't wait to see her on Only Murders. And it's good because, you know, I haven't started season two yet. So hopefully by the time I'm done with season two, season three will be ready. Yeah. That's my hope. And also, also Paul Rudd's in it. Paul right? Rudd is also in it. I feel like he's been a little overshadowed by the Meryl of it all. But yes, Paul Rudd is in it. Well, look, Meryl's going to overshadow you no matter what. And so. also Selena Gomez either is or is not dating one of those guys from the Chainsmokers. They said they were together. It came out that they were together. She commented, I'm single. And then there were pictures leaked of them making out and like holding hands. I'm like, well, what is the truth? You can make out and hold hands while not dating. I mean, it depends on what you define as dating versus like, I'm not saying they're in an exclusive relationship, Uh but like, that seems like dating if you're going on dates. Sure. We like, or some, some, did you have the phrase talking in school? I didn't really, but I've heard it since graduation. Okay. And like high school, like we would say, oh, they're not dating, but they're talking, which means like they like each other and Mm. like, they're like on their way to officially dating. Yeah. Uh, So maybe they're just talking. And I also and out. feel like, you know, as much what if you're talking or making out or dating, whatever it is, you guys don't have to collaborate. We don't need him on that album. We don't need the Chainsmokers featured on a Selena Gomez album. They might have done something together, but maybe they didn't. And I think that's fine. You know, don't shit where you eat. Keep your art separate <laughs> from your personal life. Unless like you're Shakira and then it's like, girl, spill it. Yes. But- no, it's <laughs> after the personal life. After dissolved, the personal life. Or crumbled, that's when the art needs to happen. Yes, exactly. Hello? Because it's like uh, Ariana Grande released that song Pete Davidson while she was dating yeah. Pete Davidson. And then like five seconds later, they broke up. I know. That was a tough time. Well. Well. Uh, did you see that Madonna has announced a world tour with Bob the Drag Queen? With Bob the Drag Queen? I yes. didn't know that. Bob the Drag Queen is going with her on this tour. I be- assume Bob will be opening for her. But uh, Madonna has announced dates for the Madonna The Celebration Tour and four decades of mega hits. So... 
Apparently, there's a video announcement that features Bob the Drag Queen, Judd Apatow, Jack Black, Lil Wayne, Diplo, Kate Berlant, Larry Owens, Meg Stalter, Eric Andre, and culminates with Amy Schumer. I didn't actually watch this, so I didn't realize it was so action-packed with celebrities. I heard Amy Schumer, like, dared her in the video to go on tour again, and, like, that description didn't make me want to watch the video, but I'm sure the tour will be great. All right. Yeah. That's fun. That, that's a lot. That's a, that's a lot of people. And I don't know, like you're Madonna. You can just like literally put out like a iPhone can like video just being like, hey, I'm going on tour, buy tickets. Right. And like people will do it. Old gays will be there. And like I've never seen Madonna. And I'm like, is now the time to do it? I assume it's I like that it's a celebration tour. It's not like we're supporting Madame X, which like I didn't listen to that album. I don't need to hear those songs. But it seems like we'll be doing the 40. Uh, years of mega hits, so maybe it's my time to see her. I would love for Fosh Gustoso to be performed, you, even if it's an interlude in between like numbers. But no, anything else from Madame Max? Um, oh, like what's that song? Uh, uh, Crave. Oh, it's Crave actually was good. Crave yeah, there's some good songs on Madame Max. There's there's some swings on Madame X. Honestly, if she did confessions on the dance floor from top to bottom, I wouldn't be mad about it. All right, would you? But how much would you pay for tickets to that? Uh, 120. Okay. Yeah, I think that's enough. Fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, Megan is coming back. Megan 2.0 has already been announced, confirmed for a January 2025 release. Um, and I, apparently there was a Megan sketch on SNL. I just love how Megan's permeating the culture. I appreciate the rise of a new Supreme, and I feel like she's here to stay. I think that's beautiful. You know? You know, it's good that someone finally gave the dolls a chance. I know. You've really got to. Somebody's got to be thinking about the dolls. The dolls don't get enough credit for the work they do, for the support, for the allies that they are to the LGBTQ plus community. <laughs> have you seen the movie yet? I have not yet. Are you going to? Yeah, I'll see it. Are you going to wait, wait until it's streamable or something? No, I'll see it in theaters, okay. I would imagine. Yeah, once like I'm done, because the only movie, like Oscar movies that I have left to see are Wakanda Forever, yeah. uh, 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 Maverick, mm. and probably like one other thing and everything. If, and then I'll check out the Megan. If Top Gun Maverick only gets nominated in like technical categories, do you still feel like you need to see it? I would put other things as a priority. <laughs> uh, but if it's nominated for Best Picture, I have to. Oh, and All, all a Quiet on the Western Front, I have to see now. That is probably going to get nominated for Best Picture. What is that? It's a German <laughs> film. Oh. Yeah, so that'll probably be like the foreign entry into the Best Picture race. Okay. Here it's fantastic, so gotta see that, and then I'll catch up with you, Megan. Don't okay. worry. Okay, well, Megan's waiting for you. All right, Megan, Megan, please be patient. <laughs> please don't kill me. She just might. Um, J-Lo has come out and said that she was asked to participate in the Madonna Kiss performance. Speaking of Madonna, if we go back to 2003, it was a wonderful time. And that was when Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera performed and made out with Madonna at the VMAs opening the show. And J-Lo said that before Christina was attached, J-Lo was uh, reached out to, was going to be the third person on that stage. And I, a lot of people are coming out and saying that this is a lie, this is a lie, this is a lie. I will tell you, I was very plugged into MTV at the time. I was very plugged into pop culture at the time. That rumor was around at the time. Like when I heard about how this all came together, I remember hearing initially it was J-Lo. And my reaction is the same reaction as it is now. Whose idea was that? <laughs> there would have been, like, this isn't even like J-Lo shade. The triumvirate of Christina, Britney, and Madonna is what makes that moment so impactful yeah. pop culturally. Like, it wouldn't make any sense to have J-Lo in the Christina place. Yeah, you needed the Britney-Christina bread to the Madonna yes. sandwich. Yes! Because Madonna is the queen of pop, and then the two, like, next, like, pop girls of that generation... Right were with her like supporting her like it made so much more and also like Christina and Britney were like considered rivals right. and everything like yeah it's yeah. just it's like perfect casting of you know a movie or like a housewife season it's like this is the perfect amount of tension and everyone's working together but there's something under the surface and you know obviously a lot of those you know Christina at least with Britney blew up after that their friendship or whatever uh, I don't know. I just is. I, I just would like to defend J Lo in that I do not believe she is lying because I have heard this before. But also, whoever at MTV thought of that, I hope you've been fired be between now and then. Well, and wow! The <laughs> because it was I that, I, it's I, that idea. I don't think they deserve all that. It was just. Like, it was. It I'm sure you have bad ideas at your place of employment, and they're like, "No, let's do something else," and they don't fire you. I really don't. <laughs> I really don't. Sorry. I, I I do well at things. I don't tell you. Um, are you excited about Riz Ahmed and Allison Williams announcing the Oscar noms on Tuesday? Of course I am. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, I will say I'm very happy. Apparently, they're going to the Oscar nominations are going to be read in front of a uh, like press oh, this okay. year again because since I believe the 2016 Oscar uh, year, mm. uh, they were just like a sort of like pre-filmed like thing with like no press and like oh. the best part about the Oscar nominations of previous years was like them announcing a name and people in the press being like. <gasps> <laughs> like I will never forget the gasp when they said Ben Zeitlin was nominated for best director for Beast of the Southern Wild over Ben Affleck for Argo. Like mm. I will never forget the gasps, the gasps when Beauty and the Beast got nominated for best picture. Like there was some I remember when best actor of 1997 the nominations were announced and some guy like started screaming in the audience and the rumor is because Leo DiCaprio wasn't nominated for Titanic or something. Wow. And like so just like that kind of energy like I miss in the Oscar nominations. So I'm very happy that they are apparently I could be wrong about this going back to that format did they stop doing it because of covid no it was no. The, the 2016 it was the year of like la la land and moonlight oh. and everything that they were like th- it was like they have people like hosting live and they're like and now the nominees for best supporting actress and then yeah. like a pre-recorded video pops up mm. and it's just like this this doesn't have the same energy right well they're bringing it back for they're you. bringing it back and i love riz ahmed i love allison williams yes let's go i love it she's she's in megan she's in megan uh Apparently, Austin Butler's Elvis accent is genuine and might remain forever, according to a voice coach. This isn't news. But what was news was the fact that Vanessa Hudgens commented on the post and just wrote, crying. (laughs) (laughs) Vanessa Hudgens is Austin Butler's ex-girlfriend. And... Something else that I saw on TikTok, I think, is there was some sort of actor's roundtable. I'm not sure if it was Variety or where it was, where he was talking about, yeah, I, it's so funny because I uh, would do my Elvis impression or like sing these Elvis songs. And this friend of mine would hear me singing the songs and be like, we've got to figure out a way to buy the rights to Elvis's life. You need to be in this film. You need to be in this story. And that friend heard me, you know, sing another Elvis song months later. And, you know, they brought it back up again, XYZ. Basically, this friend really wanted him to be Elvis. And this friend, someone has found old clips of Vanessa Hudgens when they were together talking about, like, I heard him play a Elvis song on the piano. He sounds just like Elvis. And he needs to do a movie. Blah, and it's like, that's how you refer to Vanessa Hudgens at this, at this point is like a friend. You do not refer to Gabriella. <laughs> As a friend, you refer to her as the prophet because she did prophesy that you she would did. play Elvis. She and, did. And because she is all of us. Vanessa Hudgens is an icon, a legend, a queen, and, and now she's crying. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now she's a crying queen now. Yes. Vanessa Hudgens, the prophet. She predicted all of this would happen. She saw. I would, she, she didn't predict that he would turn into Elvis. No. And you know, none of us could. <laughs> some, sometimes actors, when they're in a role for a period of time, they become that character. Like after mm. filming Devos, I became a narcissistic bitch. And oh. so... <laughs> That doesn't seem right. I think it's nice of you to realize Ricky Redman's flaws. Because I saw a tweet when I think it was your friend. um, Uh, There's nothing flawed about being a narcissistic bitch. Mm, I don't think those are like positive terms for a person. When When it's on Ricky Redman, it's positive. Oh. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I thought I was going to give you a compliment, but I'm going to retract it. You can compliment it. me. You can compliment me. A compliment? Your hair looks great today. That, oh, it yeah. does. The, I, the shape looks pretty good. Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm I have glad. to say. Um, it looks a little crunchy in the video, which I don't really like it when it's crunchy, but it's okay. Did you know that people are now able to, like, fans have used AI to create songs performed by different artists? Like, somehow, I don't know what the program is. I don't know how they're doing it. But I listened to a motivation as sung by Ariana Grande that was like made by AI that sounded so much like her that I was like, what the fuck is this? And I'm not a person who's like, oh, I'm scared of the future. Like, oh, Smart House is going to eat us one day. But this is scary. There's an AI website where you can literally just like write something like, write me a story about two travelers on a mountain and one of them falls off, blah, blah, blah. Like write a short story and it will write you a short story and be like, turn the story into a Shakespearean sonnet. It will do that. I literally like was on this website for an hour being like, write a new ending to Steel Magnolias. And it wrote me a whole new ending to Steel Magnolias. And I was like, now make Shelby trans. And then like, I just added at the end of the story before Shelby 
who dies just like, and mother, I have to tell you about my, my how I've always identified. <laughs> it's like this AI stuff really can make whatever you want. It's it's worrying. What if one day someone types into an AI filter like, give me two gays, you know, squawking on a podcast every oh, week. No, make it right. Make a two. Uh, make a one minute uh, short video of two gays listening to Miley Cyrus's flowers. We'd be out of a job. We'd be out of business. <laughs> we would be so out of. It'd business. be the end of us and all the Kathys as we know it. AI is coming for all of us. But I will say it was pretty impressive. <laughs> like I was. Thro- it's like also seems cool for like songwriters who are pitching songs for like an Ariana Grande. If you could have the AI demo singer, it's like this is exactly what this song would sound like in Ariana's voice. Label, don't you want her to do it? But will it also maybe piss the singer off because then the singer will hear the AI and I'm sure the AI will sound like flawless and like insane and like I bet singers will probably be like I can't sound like that (laughs) fuck that fuck this AI I I guess we'll see because that's honestly where the world is going and we can't change that um avatar hit two billion past two billion great job james congratulations to james well deserved you worked hard it's great boots is having a lot of legs great Great job puss great job (laughs) puss indeed and um i wasn't going to talk about it but matt Steele brought it up before we started recording Todrick responded to the people who don't want to watch Real Friends of WeHo and have been mocking it, which I feel like we have not mocked it too blatantly outside of his inclusion. It just seems like a show that's probably bad and like these people don't seem like real friends, but like whatever. I don't know. (laughs) know, It doesn't seem, it honestly doesn't seem that as any worse than like any of those other shows to me. What other shows? Like Real Housewives? It seems like the same thing. It's not the same thing. At least in the first season, like a Vanderpump Rules, these are people who actually worked together. I guarantee you some of the people knew of each other. It's like that weird like gay like oh I know of you online type thing yeah. and sometimes that's really fun like a fun dynamic yeah but that's not the b- thing about the housewives when they are good at the beginning is it's a cast of people that do have real life connections it's not that anymore it's not that anymore but they had to grow there you can't open up with a four five random gays it's like let's make a show okay there are no I, stakes I just feel like maybe a couple of them knew each other I mean it's they're all living West Hot they, like guarantee you two of them have slept with each other <laughs> oh Jesus Christ <laughs> like yeah well, apparently, uh, it has gotten really bad reviews, obviously, and uh, Tadra came out, which, by the way, it's like, I feel like the other cast members are doing this a bit better. It's like, there are bad reviews, people are mad about the drag race up at all, and it cutting into that 90-minute show, uh, but they're just being quiet. And just collecting the check that they received for being on the show. Todrick made a statement, I want the queer community to have a conversation about why it is that we will praise women when they are in a similar position. I hope our show will break that mold and create a conversation about why it is there, uh, there's negativity from within our own community. And it's like, he also made like obviously a Mean Girls inspired TikTok about this. I saw that. In which he like makes a burn book and it's like, oh, he doesn't pay his dancers, LOL, LOL. And in his like big long Instagram speech, which he also wrote out, he was like, I've never not paid a dancer that requested to be paid. It's like, oh, that sounds like, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound like someone who's like, yeah, I definitely have paid all my dancers ever. So I just, I just feel like people are allowed to not like the gay content you're making. As much as people know, I go up for bros. I cannot back when Billy Eichner is like, it's because of homophobia and the gays didn't show up because they hate themselves. It's like, well, also, people are allowed to not watch your movie, are sure. allowed to not watch your show. I'm, I hope for gay content that does make people happy and people will watch. But if something doesn't do well, you can't automatically just say it's because of homophobia. Sure. But I, I mean, I understand the instinct to like really want to like try to defend it and be like, come on, guys, like support this, support this. Like, you know, because I'm sure a lot of people worked hard on it. Sure. You know, a lot of people were employed through this show and everything. So I'm sure it is, you know, disappointing to a lot of people. Um, you can't force people to watch something they don't want to watch. <laughs> I will say I do think the reaction to it has also been a little <laughs> dramatic. Like people are like, this show, how dare this show happen? And it's like, guys, come on. I mean, there I have been know. shows like it. There was the A-list. Uh, there was Fire Island. I think people are so upset about it because A, Todrick's in it and he's very problematic for lots of legitimate reasons. And B, because they feel like it's taking up time that Drag Race used to occupy. I feel like that's the reason people are so loud about it. But I agree. That's a little over the top. But it's mm-hmm. also like... Just let your thing flop in peace. And then it'll be over and then you can move on with your life. Let your thing flippity <laughs> flop in flop peace. peace. I love that. I mean, that is <laughs> that. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, I feel like every other week we have to say something like this. But there was a mass shooting in Monterey Park, in a which is a largely Asian American community, if you are not in California. And 
it was again a mass shooting because of a semi-automatic weapon and this was on the Lunar New Year so like a time that's supposed to be so celebratory for this community has become so devastating and horrifying and it's like how many times does this have to happen until something has changed and I, I hate sounding like and feeling like a broken record but I feel like the worst thing we can do is get complacent and just accept it as a way of life that you're going to wake up and 10 people have died and 10 people were injured because of all of this it just is so awful and my heart go out to all the family members all the members of the community that feel affected and feel hurt and are going to be up all night thinking about this because it's just it's sickening it's horrifying it's like the whole dream of America being the best place in the world. It's like this giant problem hasn't been solved yet for decades, for decades, it hasn't been solved for decades. It's sickening. It's horrifying. And it's like, I don't, don't remember if I was saying this on the podcast or just to you in person. I like when I went to see Megan, the last several times I've been in a movie theater, I've thought that's come to mind. Oh, of course. And yeah. I don't like the idea that when you're in a public place, that's how we have to live now. But shit like this happens so often. And those poor victims, their poor families, they're trying to celebrate a new beginning of the year. And this happens. I believe the gunman is uh, has killed him, him or her, herself. I assume him. I don't know that. Uh, but it's just horrifying. And my heart goes out. And it's gross. Yeah. Makes me sick. Yeah. Okay, anything else you want to tell the people? I don't believe so. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back with more Two Gay Mats, the podcast. Okay, (laughs) we are on to Email My Heart, and this is the section of the podcast where we answer any questions that you guys might have. You can be a part of Email My Heart if you email us at twogaymats at gmail.com, two spelled T-W-O. So we only got one uh, like official email for Email My Heart this week. So we asked the people in the live chat some questions, and they gave us a bunch. So I love that. So we'll answer some questions for you guys. So the official beautifully written email that we got this week was from Helen. Helen says, Ted Hi, Lasso Helen. Season 3. Hi, Matt. This is mostly for Matt Palmer, as I understand that he is a Ted Lasso stan. Yes. My partner and I have finally caught up on Ted Lasso, and I have to say that that Season 2 actually broke me. Spoilers, I am an American who has lived in the UK for over four years, Mm. and what Nate said to Ted to insult him as a foreigner in that confrontation actually made me cry to the point where he had to pause where we had to pause for like 15 minutes oh. so my partner could console me oh Helen I have heard and seen so many subtle and not so subtle variations of you don't belong here thrown in my way in the time I've lived here and it hurt to see Nate go for Ted like that I had to hold myself back from punching the TV <laughs> so with all that being said I am so excited for season three to come out this spring and that image that just dropped says so much in one frame. My question is, what do you hope to see this season given that it will be the last? Do you think Nate can be redeemed? I would love to know your thoughts. We're Richmond till we die. Sincerely, Helen. I am going to be honest and say I have not watched season two of Ted Lasso in a while. So like the specifics of the Nate-Ted fight are escaping me a bit. I think for a show like Ted Lasso, which is all heart, you know, some some complain it's more heart than comedy. <laughs> they, Nate has to come back around. Like, he has become the villain. This is the peak of his villainy. I'm sure he'll be the villain for a lot of season three. But I feel like they're going to wrap this up tightly and sweetly in a bow. Because the sweetness was what people were so attracted to about the show. Uh-huh. And, like, what its calling card is. It's, it's like a feel-good show. So I can't imagine them not ending it on a feel-good note. I believe we are going to get a love interest for Ted that will last the test of time. I believe it'll just be wrapped up super nicely. Hopefully it's in an inventive, creative way. They've kept me, you know, interested for two seasons now. And I'm assuming they will keep me interested for the third. But again, would like to remind everyone out there who makes shows that I watch, stop ending your shows (laughs) so soon. Like, if... The thing is, they Abbott Elementary wouldn't do this because ABC wouldn't let them. Oh, but no. if they were like, we're ending it at three, it's like, are you fucking kidding me? And even if they did end at three, it'd still be like 60-something episodes. These streamers and the eight episodes, and then it's over immediately. I can't take it. I, I apologize. I feel like I rant about this a lot. But I'm just watching now, like before going to bed, I'm re-watching some of Friends, and I'm in season nine. And season nine even is still very good. Ten gets a little bad. But nine... <laughs> That's nine years of like solid content that ebbs and flows in greatness. But there's 
really good shit in nine. So people who are like, well, don't you like you don't want it to get bad. You don't want it to go on so long that it gets bad. It doesn't always get bad. It might get more hit or miss. But then every that little hit. I know when you get right? that hit. I mean, Degrassi did it for decades. <laughs> like so, I shows showrunners, producers, whatever networks. You need to have the confidence of James Cameron yeah. and be like, you know what? We can sustain this for thirty chapters. Yes, let's go. Yes, because that's what the people want. Like I miss Insecure every day. Yeah, and it's just gone. It's just gone. It's just gone. It's not and I, gone. It's still there. It is still there. And season um, four was the best one. That was the. F- and the thing is, it's much like Housewives, but the fallout between uh, the main characters is the most was the most riveting thing for me. But anyways, this is about Ted Lasso. I think they're going to wrap it up nicely in a bow, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. You know, we can easily find out what happens in season three because uh, I, I we both know someone who wrote for season three. Oh, it's That's, the yeah. person. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> There's literally, I don't know if this, does he still listen? Uh, no. Okay, great. There's one person in the world that we have both dated. <laughs> and apparently he works on Ted Lasso. Was, and it was literally like almost a decade apart. Yes, it was a long time <laughs> apart. Like, and I didn't realize that uh, this was said person that Matt Palmer once dated almost 10 years ago until like I went on my, my third date with this person. And I was just like, and he was, I saw something that <laughs> alluded to uh, something that Matt Palmer had talked about when he was dating. And I was just like, oh, oh. I'm dating the same person Matt Palmer so dated like did, eight years prior. We talked about this on Thursday, but we didn't. You didn't answer my final question. How did you broach this subject with him when you're like, "Do you know Matt Palmer?" No, I was just like, I was like, "Okay, don't be weirded out." <laughs> I just like texted him and I was like, "Funny story, like mm. you went on a bunch of dates with my old roommate and Got best it. friend and like co-host of the Game <laughs> oh, yes. Empire," and uh, and he was just like. Oh my God, of course. I know Matt. Yeah, like I know Matt Palmer and everything. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's just kind of funny. Small Cause, world. Because we always joke about how we, all, prior, we ha- always joked about how, he, how we had no overlap. We have very little overlap, but I would say he's it. I mean, it's a, it's a good person to have, right? Yeah. For Ted Lasso. He's successful. Three. Good yeah. for him. And he probably wouldn't tell us he signed an NDA or whatever. So, mm. so if anyone out there is watching who's like his boss or anything, don't worry. He won't he, tell yes, us. Yes. We don't even, we didn't even say his name. We didn't even say his name. All right. Uh, so we can go on to this question because yes. it's, uh, it's a question that we got from Dylan. Just asking advice on how to make gay friends. Well, we were just talking about dating and Matt Steele was mentioning that a lot of the good friends that he has made in L.A. were from people he met on OkCupid and like the friends of friends of it all. And I feel like that is a good way to meet people because it's like, sure, best case scenario, you date them and you become boyfriends and like long term, whatever, whatever. But if not, it, it doesn't really go anywhere. If you're, no one's heart is really invested, they could really easily transition to friend in a way that is nice and normal. Um, yeah. Sometimes it's not even a transition to friends. Like I go into every like okay, not okay, Cupid anymore. But like uh, like I on I'm on Hinge and I'm on Tinder. Like I go into every like date scenario as not even like a date scenario, but mm. as sort of like a, this is my chance to meet someone new and to possibly make a friend. It could possibly become something more. It never does, but <laughs> it could possibly do that. So like, and it's also a good way to date. I feel because it puts all the pressure off, and it's a you can make great friends from it. That's how I made. The, the friend <laughs> <laughs> Matt Palmer also knew yes. as well and so uh, yeah I, I think that another uh, person in the chat had great advice like there are a lot of great organizations at like universities yes. and everything that you can volunteer like L- it doesn't even have to be like LGBTQ like organizations like volunteering is a great way to meet new people and Absolutely. gays love volunteering they do uh, so so yeah and but like the, like gay communities in towns are usually pretty small. Yes. Like even if they're big cities, they're usually pretty small. So that's an easy way to make friends. And that's also how I know that the real friends of West Hollywood had to <laughs> at least like some of them have to know at least some of each other each other like come I on I don't believe that come these on. are like celebrity types they are no they know each they other they don't um <laughs> I would also say remember when I did gay kickball oh you did do that me and Chris met each other there still hang out with Chris Chris if you're listening we love you uh, so yeah, I feel like there are definitely different avenues. It just depends on what you'd like to do. And volunteering, I think, is also a really great option. Yeah, if you're not into games like me, that's probably the worst way to make <laughs> <laughs> because like no one will ever like me if like their first introduction to me is like, oh, I'm playing 
a game with him. Yeah, it's just like if you tried a little more. I don't want to. Well, but that's <laughs> not, don't you want people to have fun? Don't you? You think you might have fun if you tried? No, no, not. I, I enter a game just being like, oh, I just want this to be over with, and I just want to go out to eat afterwards. That's hmm. what I would join gay kickball for. I'd be like, are we getting ice cream afterwards? See, and that's not because we had someone on the team who, again, was there to meet friends and like make friends, and that's great, but. If the ball's coming at you, babe, you got to reach for it. Like, Ooh. you got to do something. I am tilting my body the other way. Someone else no, can, in the know outfield I love can get win. it. I was diving. <laughs> I because what do you win? Pride. <laughs> I've pride. got enough pride. As I told you, I'm a narcissistic uh, 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 bitch. I remember that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay. This question comes to us from Austin. Austin says, why did we move from to LA or to NYC because we both lived in both yes uh, I moved to New York because that was where I was going to college and so uh, I went to NYU's recorded music program there and um, so that was you know that was that on that and it was very much like oh this is the only place I'm applying to because I just know I'm going to get in and my mom didn't love that (laughs) when the college counselor called I was like you realize Matt's only applied to one program that accepts 24 people a year so she yeah, it's a do, small program. It's small. But then I had to do the Common App, but then I got an early decision and like, whoo, my teachers hated me. <laughs> <laughs> my phone would go off during tests. I'd be like, oh, well, I'm in college. What are you going to do? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I was a guy. So, um, And then I moved to L.A. because the music publishing company that I was writing for at the time is based in L.A. So that is why I made that move. Yeah. I We have a similar trajectory. Yeah. I moved to... Uh, New York City because I also went to New York University. Yes. Not the same year, a year after. Okay. Let it be known, I'm younger. Uh, <laughs> Barely. And I was in the musical theater program. It was also, I applied to other schools, but like that was the only like big, big program that I applied mm, to and everything. Right. I was just like, oh, I hope I get in, which right. like it also has a very, very like <laughs> small acceptance rate. So like right. I got very, very lucky. Um, I should have applied to more schools, but but it all worked out. It's fine. Uh, So then I lived in New York City for a while. And then I really had you asked me like four months prior to me moving to L.A. If I ever would have moved to L.A., I would have been like, no. And it is wild how quickly I it, and you know I don't make a quick decision. You don't. You know I am pragmatic. I can't even like uh, find the time to like arrange a Devo's viewing party. <laughs> um, so I am like so I just really really my mom will never forget the day I was like mommy I'm gonna move to L A. What was it that made you make the decision? Uh, I just I felt like the direction that musical theater was going in mm. uh, didn't fit me my skills okay necessarily like yes. it was moving in a very like pop rock direction and like while you know i have a nice voice and everything you do not want to hear me sing pop or rock music <laughs> it's just not a pleasant sound it's not cute um and so i was like well let me move to la for a little bit i thought it was gonna be like six months wow uh, let me move to la for a little bit and like focus on screen work for now totally. now that i'm while i'm still young and fresh and everything and so moved to la i liked it a lot i mean i love both cities I I think both have a lot to offer. I'm I'm still very happy in LA right now at the moment. So and Star Dahmer. And Star of Dahmer. Star of Dahmer, look, look at Look what happens 11 years later. <laughs> uh, and so one final question. Yes. Since the Oscar nominations are coming out on Tuesday, Jordan asked us what nominations uh, we would like to see, whether they are big stretches, big reaches, or things he, that are predicted. He didn't ask us. <laughs> He can ask, you can give your input to Marcel, best Mar- picture of all time. Oh, if Marcel got in for best picture, that would be iconic. I would die. I would love that. But, That'd be amazing. Yeah, but uh, Pinocchio is the animated feature of the year. It's probably okay. going to win. Which, like, I haven't seen Pinocchio I yet. I, I hear it's brilliant. But I've seen so, Marcel. But I, I have seen Marcel. Moved. Marcel needs more. I mean, it'll, it'll be nominated for animated feature, but uh, I would really love to see. And she does stand a chance, but, like... She missed out on SAG and everything. So I would really love to see Dolly DeLeon nominated for Supporting Actress for Triangle of Sadness. Mm. I really, really hope she gets in. I was talking to a friend of mine who is a film critic, and he was like, she's, she's probably going to get in because like behind the scenes, her PR team is really great. Really? So I'm just really hoping she gets nominated. I would love to see... I Matilda be nominated for oh, something, anything. Absolutely agree. If it was released more wide and not just a Netflix release, I think it 
it really could have done something. Like wow. I really hope, even if it's like production design, I would love for Matilda to get nominated for something. It was such a phenomenal movie. Um, women talking like stands a chance of not getting nominated for best picture. And I really hope it gets in because mm. I really liked women talking a lot. It's probably, it's definitely in my top 10, I would say of this year. And of course we all know I'm the biggest Babylon Stan out there. And so Babylon, if it gets in for best picture, I will be doing cartwheels. If it doesn't, it will be okay. I don't think it will. It could. <laughs> it has, listen, it, it's very divisive. So the, the supporters are staunch supporters. So it could have enough support to get in there. It got in for SAG Ensemble. Guys, crazier things have happened. All right. Matt Steele, I have a question for you. Yes. What has been giving you moments, darling? So there were a couple things that I revisited that gave me moments. Okay. First, I... Uh, I, I, some of you may know, I during COVID, I uh, started watching Survivor from the beginning, mm-hmm. and I'm plowing my way through, and I just finished season 16, Micronesia, Fans versus Favorites. It's often lauded as one of the best seasons of the franchise, and I completely understand why. Really? It was entertaining from top to bottom. Spoiler alerts, which, you know, this, this is like almost like 17 years ago <laughs> that this aired, but like... Like the way the the women take hold of that tribe and just blindside men one after the other oh, is I just like so entertaining. It's so good if you want to binge an old reality show, go for it. If you want to binge an old season of Survivor, that's a great one to do. Um, and while, you know, we're still talking about Damien Chazelle. Uh, what I, else? What could he have put out in the past week? I told you I was revisiting okay, stuff. Right. Sorry, go on. And so last night... You know, I came home from a day at work and I was like, I need some cinema in my life, baby, but I don't want to go out. So I am going to watch First Man again. What a film. Oh my God. Uh, it, it holds up so well. The fact that you take such an epic story as the moon landing and make it feel so intimate and the way the one of the major themes of the movie is isolation. And when you watch it, it's impossible to not feel like cold isolation the entire time. And the way it dives into Neil Armstrong's personal life and, and, and it just rips your heart out. Ryan Gosling, it's his best performance. The fact that he was not nominated for an Oscar is an outrage. And the transition from, it's filmed in 16 millimeter, I believe. I don't know much about cameras, but it was filmed in 16 millimeter for most of it. And then when it gets, when you get to the actual moon, it's suddenly like the door opens and it switches to IMAX Mm. camera. And so the camera changes to make it, you know, bigger and everything. And just the visual effects that, that is the feeling you get from that is just stunning, a brilliant creative choice from a brilliant director. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's, it's, it, it should have gotten more. It should have been nominated for Best Picture. It should have gotten nominated for Best Score. That score by Justin Horowitz is phenomenal, and the fact that it did not get nominated is insane. Everyone, let's revisit First Man together. <sighs> But something new that I also consumed. Okay. I saw I saw a lovely movie this week as well. I saw it's a movie called After Sun. It's directed by a director, Charlotte Wells. Very, very simple, touching story that is very much more of like a slice in life picture mm. than like a, oh, we're following this plot and there's twists at every turn and is everything. Is the Paul Mescal film? It is. Paul yeah. Mescal is in it. He's kind of like a dark horse to be nominated for Best Actor, which mm. I think would be wonderful. He's really, really fantastic in it. It's about uh, a father and daughter in the 90s and they are on a father-daughter trip to Turkey. He's a young father. He's like 31 and she's 11. So he had her very young. Wow. He's not with her mother anymore, but you know, they, the parents still get along and it's basically just documenting their trip together. And you know, she has a video camera and she's recording the whole thing. And the premise is like, it's a video that's essentially being rewatched by the older version of the daughter Mm. and spoiler alert, you gather from the movie that the father is no longer with us in Mm. some sort of capacity. You see in the movie, like hints of depression and, and stuff like that. So just a really, really lovely film. The central performance of Paul Mescal is really fantastic. So if you feel like seeing a, a, a lovely, simple movie, go for that. And uh, yeah, I, I think that's it. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> you, know, you give three things sometimes. I do, I yeah. do. I feel like um, how we've kind of in this podcast referred to folklore as the F word. Should be starting with Damien Chazelle as the D word <laughs> because I feel like it just comes up. Some would say too often. It's Oscar season, baby. Okay. 
I, I hopefully we could take a, a D word break. <laughs> That's my hope. After some, after Tuesday, you can discuss what happens with the Babylon movie, <laughs> and then we could just put it to bed. I'm not gonna put it to bed. It's like Beyonce. Whenever Beyonce <laughs> releases something new, immediately you're just like, okay, well, what's next? What's next? <laughs> chop, chop. Let's I go. Think it might be a minute. Um. Okay. Well, for me, I uh, went to the theater last night. I went to the Pantages in L.A. and I saw. Mean Girls the Musical, which I was very happy to see. I know the score very well. And while I don't think it's perfect, it's no Legally Blonde, nothing is. I think it's so excellent. And the staging truly blew me away. Oh, like, shit. It is, Matt Palmer commenting on musical theater staging. It was like, the you know how I feel about the Damien songs. I'm like, oh, we're doing old style musical theater stuff. And I'm very much like, next! <laughs> like a boo. Like, I couldn't believe when they had him do that at the Tonys, but I will say, and our Damien was an understudy, and he was fantastic. Oh, awesome. And he was, like, tapping his fucking face off, and, like, there were so many dance breaks where he was completely killing it. This cast is so huge. I also loved, and, you know, I just loved, so many of the characters were black actors. Uh, the Karen was black, and the Karen, I think, was the standout performer in the oh, show. Oh, well, Karen, the way, in just listening to the score, th- th- that song, Sexy, that Karen sings, Un- is so funny. And it's even funnier in person. Like, the the fact, not a real spoil, but, like, she has to walk on. It's the scene where they're at the uh, Halloween party and everyone is dressing sexy. And so she walks on stage, begins a song that's basically like, if I uh, could, like, change the world, I'd make it Halloween every day. But also have world peace. And then she's like, wait, let, let me start over. <laughs> like, I, I'll, I'll, world peace should be first. So she walks all the way off the stage, <laughs> walks back to the center, and everyone is like roaring with applause. Her comedic timing was so brilliant. She had such an incredibly strong voice. She was so good. I believe the Gretchen was also some form of black. Aaron Samuels was black. And I was like, yes, black mean girls. I loved it. Um, I... Feel like the, the the performers did such a great job. The Katie was an understudy and she was fantastic. I felt like her mic was a little too loud. Like I feel like there were some sort of like mixing issues with the music and the audio, but that's not their fault. Um, I just thought it was really fantastic, especially the first act, which I felt listening to the score. I feel like the first act has so many great songs. Like I love Meet the Plastics. You I love, love Revenge Party. Revenge Party is a fucking classic. And the staging elevated even some songs I didn't love. And I think the second half of the score and the show is just not as fast paced, not as like snappy and perfect as the first act is. But you know what? Lots of musicals are like that. A musical that's going to have a two-part movie is like that. So I think Mean Girls can get away with it. If Wicked has lasted all of this time with its second act, Mean Girls' second act is fine. So I was happy to see the show. Everyone did a lovely job. It was just great to see, I don't know, these touring kids doing such great work, singing their faces off, acting their faces off. And my favorite thing about the book that Tina Fey obviously wrote is that... Guys, he referred to it as a book immediately. (laughs) He didn't have to he didn't have to go what's it called what's it called the script a book see i guess i'm just uh it's just coming out it's i'm just in out. the theater uh is that she keeps all of the jokes you want to hear that you know and love from the movie but the additional jokes are just as funny and so unexpected because they're not in the movie and i'm like this woman's a genius like i was reading reviews of the show and she did not write the lyrics to the songs and some of the reviews were like the book is so strong and you can tell the cuttingness of Tina Fey I wish she had done or like had a hand in the lyrics which are good but maybe just not as like you know comedic genius as Tina Fey is I just I loved it I can't recommend it enough I thought it was interesting I noticed because we had just watched the movie recently how much more focused on the girls they are like one actress plays all of the adult women like Amy Poehler Tina Fey's character um and uh, her mom, Katie's mom, Anna Gasteyer's character, is all played by the same woman. Aaron Samuels has essentially nothing to do. No shade. He did a good job. But, like, Shane Oman doesn't speak. Like, it's <laughs> so much more about the girls, which mm-hmm. is, like, that's what we want. Ugh, and when Meet the Plastic started and the, the whole stage opened up, the whole cafeteria opened up, and they f- came out there standing on, like, a throne. It was Brilliant. It I'm just was lovely. Just so thrilled that you were getting so excited over stage. <laughs> it was really great. Oh my god. It was really great. I loved it. I if you if the tour is coming to your city, I can't recommend it enough. Especially that first act, which some would say is flawless. Okay. All right. 
Is there anything else we want to tell the people? I don't know, guys. This was so lovely. This was so, so lovely. And next time we talk, we'll know what the Oscar nominees are going to be, right? That's Tuesday? That's Tuesday. Wow. I will be up at like four in the morning, five in the morning, whenever the hell well, it is. you have fun with that. I will. I will be asleep. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening or watching. We'll be back soon with more 2K Mats, the podcast. Bye. Bye. Bye.